0: what is up everyone welcome to the sight and sound podcast presented by heart god media you have your regulars here myself jesse of course eric scott tyler Consumer co-host we are here to discuss brain scan from 1994 today uh this is gonna be our last horror episode for a little bit because we're entering our prom season And we're covering two non-horror prom movies and two horror genre prom movies after this episode. But right now, you're going to get a little uh, sci-fi thriller horror action from 1994. Featuring Mr. Edward Furlong, uh, T. Ryder Smith, Frank Langanella, uh, a hell of a small cast, but an interesting flick and Eric, this is one you hadn't seen before. Correct.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I, I, like I told you, like I, I've seen the cover for it 10,000 times, but I just, I, for some reason I've never checked it out. So when you approached me about doing this pod, obviously I checked it out just recently and uh, I was, uh, I mean, obviously I knew it was going to be pretty cool. Just reading about, you know, what it was about and, and who was in it but uh, definitely lived up to uh, to what i had built in my mind so
0: well that it's again i i love these episodes where it's something you know we get a a fresh set of eyes on an an older film like this and then for myself this is a film i grew up with as a child seeing on hbo cinemax um a lot in the mid 90s um and i remember just being you know a little shit kid when this came out so and seeing it you know probably a year later when it was started showing on hbo and cinemax and shit this movie had been with me for a while and as a kid i was a huge i just loved anything eddie furlong was in obviously he's coming hot off the heels you know he has a break his breakout role in t2 in 1991 and then he follows it up you know all these are all movies like that i was just so like in, infatuated and loved like t2 pet cemetery 2 and then this one these three movies with eddie furlong specifically are ones that i like just loved and he obviously went on to do stuff i was a fan of and they were both fans of but he was kind of uh he was still like the happening like uh, he wasn't like a list though right i mean he kind of was like in a sense because he was in t2 t2 obviously huge blockbuster but he was like one of those like I don't know if he would be comparable to even maybe not even to a popular popularity sense to Michael Sarah, but kind of had a Michael Sarah trajectory where like kind of came out of nowhere, just was in like a couple like a a couple. I mean, Sarah probably was in bigger films, but like kind of popped in, like made a mark and then kind of disappeared for a little bit and then slowly like would just kind of nitpick what films he would do, at least seemingly i mean i say that and then like american history x was like 98 and then like pecker was 97 and that's really only a three-year gap between brain scan and this so and he was does kind
1: of it feels like a little bit of a lifetime though doesn't it it
0: really does i mean it kind of is for an actor you know
1: yeah and we Um, know that Eddie, eddie had his you know off the screen type issues
0: but yeah uh a kid you know he's still a kid he was 15 yeah, uh, 15 when he, he was doing brain scan, but so he's kind of already established himself as quite uh, like a, a, a notable at the very least. Um, obviously, the success of T2, um, not so much of a success with Pet Cemetery, too. Although, you know, you, I. Uh, or myself and and several others like love that film. And that film definitely is a fan following, but this one even to a lesser degree has probably a little bit less of a following, but definitely a cult following. And I think people that enjoy this film uh, will hopefully like this episode, but uh, an interesting concept and kind of ahead of its time, uh, like a virtual reality CD-ROM video game, horror movie thriller. I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong because this was the feel I got, and it was similar to a movie called I mean, s- similar in some aspects, but there was a movie around the same time, I think it came out in '93, called Ghost in the Machine, which that had a VR element to it. So there's yeah. a lot of virtual reality shit going on in the early to like entering the mid 90s. It was a big thing for sure.
1: I mean, kind of the birth of the inter-
0: internet age, and and you know,
1: a lot of people obviously you know even i know me and you included like didn't weren't really familiar with the internet till definitely you know i think for us like i mean would do it be that after this movie was made that's for sure yeah.
0: Mean, oh yeah 100% there was um, no fucking internet in the, in my house until honestly until i was 18 uh i was yeah, on the internet I mean at so. school and shit like that but i didn't have r- readily access to the internet for a long fucking t-
1: yeah so uh so kind of on the you know i mean i know that there's some films before it probably that touch on this kind of thing but definitely definitely a little bit ahead of its time with kind of the subject matter of the unknown of the internet you know what i mean and, right, and even right. though this is not you know this is like a, a, a video game or whatever but it still touches on interactive know, exactly so.
0: online exactly uh, so that you know it's like you said there's a lot of I mean, to tie in T2, T2 comes out in 1991. There's a huge, obviously a huge um, burst of makeup or, you know, uh, CGI and uh, electron, you know, computer generated images effects. It starts becoming huge um it seems like everyone tried to get into it and just didn't have the budget that james cameron had on t2 so in the right. 90s we got all this amazingly bad cgi
1: that's a great way to put it to amazingly bad because i know that maybe they might contradict each other but it's it's so right amazingly bad is is the exact phrase that should be used for some of the effects in this film
0: but to uh to kind of just start diving into the film, we open, you know, there's a score and we have like an accident. You pretty much get it summarized that Eddie Furlong's mom. Oh, Spoiler alert. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you've probably have seen brain scan, but he's got a fucked up knee, which I could relate to at the time. Cause I dropped the, I jumped off the back of Satch's so pickup and have a fucking scar on my knee. So maybe I'm just <laughs> trying to draw a correlation to myself as a, a fat blonde version of Eddie Furlong when I was fucking <laughs> seven years old. But um, he gets a fucked up knee there's a car accident he's fucking under anesthesia his knees all fucked up we see a cool little gory effect and his mother dies in this car accident and that's something that obviously is plaguing and haunting the Michael Brower no relation to Ray Brower who went missing in Stand By no. Me uh, but we get a cool score at the beginning of this film and the score that kind of uh, weaves in and out of the movie but it's a cool little fucking score
1: yeah, that's kind of like when I was watching it that the this the opening you know credits with the score kind of grabbed me a little bit. I was obviously us being big fans of scores and music and stuff. That kind of that was the first thing that kind of pulled me in on the movie was it had a really cool tone and I like how it was used throughout the movie. Um, do you think it kind of almost builds suspense?
0: Now, do you think that that's some? I feel like that's something that's lost. They don't use. Like a, a a eerie score, any kind of score in horror movies to build a vibe. They kind of just let either jump scares or like poltergeistian fucking like things like build a vibe, and they don't really utilize the abilities of like music to build a vibe.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think there's still some movies that come out, obviously, that probably care a bit more about it and put a little more heart into it. But yeah, I think some of, especially like in horror, I think there's a lot of films that get made that come out that are just reliant on these, on the theater, jump scares and stuff like that. Like, um, and I think there's a lot of people, maybe younger fans or not to sound pretentious or whatever, but like, who just don't care about that stuff either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's I think, true. I mean, I think it kind of, I think it all kind of plays into it, but I mean, yeah, I, I obviously think that the, it's not as crafted as it used to be for sure.
0: So, uh george s clinton has done uh is the composer who composed that score but he's done a l- lot of stuff uh anything from like cheech and chong movies to like action low budget action films um obviously brain scan and has done like the mortal Kombat. he did the mortal Kombat movie so oh, wow. yeah he did like the score for he composed like all the shit for austin powers like so he's and he did like all kinds of random shit like wild things and like he so he's he's a well-versed uh music composer that's delved into many different genres but did a really cool feel and it almost was reminiscent of that like enya uh fucking score gimmick we got in sleepwalkers too
1: yeah it did have that vibe for sure for sure what i liked about it too was almost i had to it had, like, a its own distinct sound, you know what I mean? He wouldn't say, like, oh, this sounds like Carpenter, or this sounds like something like that. You know what I mean? Like, Right, right. Like, about it, too, so.
0: So, uh, something we see Michael's character uh, that Eddie Furlong plays using is, like, this uh, virtual fucking, like, pre-Alexa fucking got, like, you know, command, uh, digital command guy that looks, is he calls him Igor, and he obviously looks like a, like an Igor, uh, right. as like, you know, he can tell it to, he could tell this computer to call, call this number, dial this, you know, it's like a pre Alexa command fucking set, like a Siri before Siri. Yeah. I think, I think that was like the vibe of when you open up to
1: Eddie's room, Eddie Large room. And it's like the, they were like every kid, probably around that age. Would be like, this is the fucking greatest room ever. It was like Let, dark see. with crazy lights. He's living in the <laughs> attic. He got the whole house to himself, but he's up in the attic.
0: I'll tell you. I'll tell you what right now. Two things I'm gonna note right now. One, Fangoria magazines everywhere.
1: Yeah, already already
0: you. sick. A lot of talk with him and Kyle on the phone about of about Fangoria and this brain scan. They talk about brain scan. This interactive fucking like murder video game that's fucking featured in fangoria and they sent right. away for it but Vango. we got fucking uh, alice cooper fucking sticker decal fucking thing on the fridge a whole full-size alice oh, yeah and i'm not shitting you i went and looked it up on amazon one of those fucking lighted like bubble water bubble machines that are fucking like yeah. i went the and looked tube. that up yeah. on amazon i'm getting one of those it's going <laughs> in the fucking house.
1: That's what I mean. That's the vibe they give you is like the ultimate room. It's like the classic story where like, and I, I know we'll get into it more, but like for a long, obviously, it has like this rich dad who's out of town. He's just like left to his own devices. He's got the ultimate room. He's got the good-looking girl next door. He's checking out. Just living the dream. He's got his buddy. It was a Kyle, right? Just fucking yeah. calling him about shit. <laughs> it's great. Just, Kyle's, Kyle's looking like Breck and Meyer. He's got the middle part with the Oh, yeah. The, the
0: classic 90s middle part. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> uh fucking just sitting getting just sitting in the dark illuminating his face with that fucking like lighted bubble machine fucking just listening (laughs) to ministry and pulling his pud. (laughs) perfect uh so like obviously you get a sense that like he's really into like fucking video games he's got a full-on fucking virtual reality fucking uh recliner gimmick He's got a killer like set up with a stereo and so Daddy got some cash.
1: Yeah, daddy got for cash sure, for
0: sure. Cause Michael ain't working because his bum knee. Yep, bum knee. I heard, supposed he to be heard... Actual. I think he heard his bladder rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> if you get that I... reference, you're in good company with us. Yes. Uh, yeah. Th- this room, like you said, this room is like the fucking quintessential nineteen ninety three four room that you just would fucking want. He is. On a, a side
1: note, I just want to say, like, I feel like, and I felt like this, maybe you did too. Like, every time you're watching a movie, the movies we love, and you see like one of the characters' rooms, you're like, Jesus, like, why? I want a room like that. I know. You know what I mean? I feel like there's so many movies I watched back in the day. Like, why can't my room be as cool as this fucking room?
0: The yeah. Uh, every time I like revisit like older. 90s movies. I think I was just plagued by fucking like bad hair gel and old Navy tech vests that I fucked towards the latter part of the 90s where I just grew <laughs> a hatred for the 90s. But yeah. then when I, and I'm not saying like the 90s that's like super over the top. I think it's how people feel and how they were sickened by the 80s for so long. That's how I felt about the 90s because I thought it was just so dumb to like. For and there is like a grunge element, like as far as fashion goes, that ran through, especially the early to mid nineties, with flannels and fucking just like, you know, the the mud honey haircuts and shit. But right,
1: Um Jesus, the mud honey haircut is a great term. <laughs>
0: <I> Want to say <laughs> his buddy Kyle and Eddie Furlong both had mud honey haircuts.
1: I think it's something to do with like it feels like to me every every era after like the 70s people like who grew up in that time frame like almost kind of hate it but love it at the same time you know what i mean kind of like a lot of people a lot of people maybe in the 80s were like yeah the 80s were all right but the same with like the 90s and i'm sure the 2000s or whatever you know it's gonna be the same thing but i don't know i just feel like the 90s do like evolve in us being the age that we are like it just seems like the 90s does get like the worst rap out of all of them, I feel
0: like, and I, I don't I know why. I think it's the latter part of the '90s. But you know what, though, I do what I do appreciate is there being like, they're being like posters of other bands, and not like jamming like Nirvana down people's throats or like the bigger grunge bands. Like, because there was so much other music that was, I guess, maybe even considered grunge that was on there, and that's why I like the the soundtrack to this too, which I'm a big fan of. But I'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Michael is now, this would be probably frowned upon mostly nowadays, but he is checking out the girl next door via his camera and filming her and taking pictures. And she's getting nudie cutie. But then, yeah, that, you know
1: what? That kind of uh, not, it took me. Uh, I know we keep going off on these tangents because uh, they kind of show a little little side boob in this and i yeah, and i and I, I didn't scene. expect that to it was very quick too it was like like you know within the first however many minutes of the movie and i was like i just wasn't expecting that i guess but yeah
0: they, they came in hot they came in hot but they did. yeah but i will say this you know it's revealed that she is kind of peers back so she knows what he's doing so she's, yeah for her sure. but i also i also love she's it playing the
1: game she's playing yeah. the game oh yeah
0: playing the game it's all about the game and how you play it um <laughs> Um. Uh, he does say he sits back and he starts watching her like live, and then he goes, "You're one sick puppy," uh, which I thought was funny because in Pet cemetery too, uh, Clive Barker not or Clive Parker not Cl- Clive Barker,
1: Clive
0: Barker yeah. uh says uh, oh Lewis was one sick puppy, and I just thought that was funny because that must have been like a I definitely heard the sick puppy thing a lot growing up too, so it must have just been like the
1: yeah like it i guess it could have been a term that's used a lot <laughs> i mean
0: Thick, sick puppy. i'm gonna start the creepiness i'm bringing back the sick puppy thing for sure <laughs> do it uh but we see uh yeah he's checking her out she she obviously knows that he's checking her out she likes it um but so going back uh he dot di- he dials uh five five five. When he dials numbers or asks Eward to dial numbers, we have the infamous five five five. Uh, it's not a fucking real area code, but we they use it for everything. But it's technically his address is in New Jersey. This is a New Jersey residence, right? Um, that they 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 reference where his house is, where the movie's set in. Um. So he gets the. Does he get the... I can't remember if he got the first disc yet. No, I don't think he does. No,
1: so he calls... Um,
0: he calls it, yeah.
1: He, he calls the number for, like, the uh, brain scan, um, whatever, uh, the hotline to order it. And he gets, right, uh, and he
0: gets shocked in his chair, though. Yeah, yeah, that
1: that's your first taste of... Uh, is like the special effects there, right? Like, you get
0: shocked. Do they show the...
1: I don't know if that's the scene where they show the electrical, like, currents going through him, or if he just, like... Does like a seizure type motion but. yeah he
0: does like the seizure thing yeah 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 um so we have that and then we go to the high school and they have a horror club they have a horror av club they're showing Which, wh- yeah
1: like where was that
0: where, yeah there was um, not that we'd never you'd never get that well you get like they were like what they they were able to create their own extracurricular club and they chose to do a horror club and the principal comes in and sees them watching, uh, death, 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 part two. Death, um, death, death. And that's a, a great scene. And he, you know, the principal comes in and he's like, what was that? A gallbladder. Um, <laughs> so he goes in the office and he pretty much gets reamed out for just like being one sick puppy. Um, and, uh, I just thought it was fucking, it's a hilarious delivery. And he's just like, what was that movie? And he's just like, death, death, death.
1: <laughs> Too.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> like, <it was> just-
1: <laughs> no, I agree. I also love that just like every movie just paints, like, usually paints every teacher or administrative person in a school to be like the worst fucking human beings on the planet. Oh, yeah. Just- like the most unlikable people. Deplorable, cocksucking people. <laughs> just, just like. Yeah. It's just great. You know, they, uh, not saying that there wasn't some awful teachers or principals or whatever, but it's just like uh, the movies, most of the time they had no chance. They're just automatically dickheads.
0: Oh yeah. So old Michael Brower cuts a deal with the principal and he said, you know, anything you show in this, the horror clubs banned, and anything you want to show in here has to be approved by me. So Brower's either bringing in like Rosemary's baby or fucking Debbie does Dallas. One of them will get in. Um, So uh Michael Brower's driving home on his on his Biz or was he walking? I can't remember. He can't ride a I bike. He, was he on a bike? He was on a bike, right? I think he's on
1: a bike, yeah.
0: Yeah, that knee ain't that bad. Um yeah. he's milking it like Sean.
1: Um Sean <laughs> ain't listening. So yeah, Sean.
0: Didn't we do the test to fucking call him out. In one of <laughs> yeah, those?
1: I said I'd give him a hundred dollars. <laughs> we're
0: gonna double. We're gonna double it now. No, we'll 200. double it down.
1: You listen to this. We'll give you two hundred bucks.
0: <laughs> uh, so Michael Brower sees this, uh, there's a crime. We see uh, Frank Langanella fucking as the detective, uh, curious about you know what Michael's doing there, what his interest is. Tells him to fucking uh, beat it. And Michael gets home and brain scan arrives and a cool little fucking package with, you know, brain scan logo printed down the side of it. And uh, he calls his dad or his dad calls and leaves a message pretty much just so you can get the dad feel in there and just know like, hey, dad's not home. Yeah, I just I think at this point you're like, why the fuck is this kid
1: just home by himself in the attic? Like yeah. uh, where the fuck is his, his parents? And then that so they kind of give you the that little tiny backstory of where dad is.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh so then Michael's chilling in his like red and gray flannel, chilling. There's a party next door at Kimberly's house. The girl next door is Kimberly. So there's right. a party at Kimberly's house. Uh and he decides I ain't going to the fucking party. I'm playing brain scan. So he gets uh he gets thrown. He and he has like what the call waiting. Uh Master is busy. Master oh, yeah. like he gives the <laughs> which all that voiceover for the Igor for the, the the Siri type Igor thing is done by T Ryder Smith who plays Trickster.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you could kind of you almost pick up that voice, so. for sure
0: um so his first disc of brain scan he starts playing uh and you realize that brain what brain scan is is a simulated kill apparently seemingly you pretty much go and you commit a murder and you have to fucking take a souvenir and you have to pretty much like get away and cover up a murder so and it's a pretty like it's a pretty uh i don't know i thought as a kid i thought it was like intense and it, i think it was a cool way to like if you're playing a video game like that's you know virtually re- realistic like that where you go and murder somebody obviously michael's playing this killer and goes in and murders this guy and fucking hacks his foot off uh, yeah i thought it was cool like you get the point of the the pov of a murderer in that and uh I, yeah the vibe that they
1: give you during that murder sequence like the for opening one too like yeah like it's really cool because it looks you know the first person like you're in the video game and then yep. the the f- uh the way that shot too was a bit different at least in my and maybe i'm just making this up in my head but i felt like it looked different than everything else uh that was in the movie you know i i mean any other non-murder scenes i guess right I right
0: yeah for sure uh, great lighting in the room. I liked like the blue like hue highlight. Like yeah, room. like it was it was pretty cool.
1: It was really cool. Like I said, I that that was another thing about those murder scenes. I thought that, I just thought they were like they were like graphic, but yet not at the same time. It just was really the way it was shot was really awesome.
0: Yeah, I definitely thought I was watching like Red Shoe Diaries or something. Yeah, it was just um, and like you said with the lighting, it it almost gave it like it
1: was like in a video game almost. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure uh so he finds out he severs the foot you know you hear trickster guiding him through the murder initially and then says you know make sure you put it in a safe place finds out he puts it in this fucking freezer and he 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 realizes he's like oh shit i fucking I, i actually killed somebody yeah and then we get the appearance of trickster fucking appearing in full like fucking uh uh fucking what's the dude from ministry l jorgensen fucking. i just yeah that's one of my first thing is i wanted to be like he's so creepy
1: yet like hilarious looking like i want to be i want to know like the concept of who like put together his look because he's got like the way his hair is like almost shaved into a mohawk but yet it's still long and he's just got like this really creepy way about his face and yes. that's just he looks like he's in like a yeah, he could have been in, like, a 80s, 90s, like, industrial or, like, some sort of, like, <laughs> yeah. strange band like that.
0: It, uh, but dressed like he had that, like, fucking red, like, velvet jacket that looked like he was in Thompson Twins.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the whole wardrobe,
0: everything. The the <laughs> hair, the hair especially. Oh, yeah, the hair is class. That's Sean. Um, that's that's Chongo Henderson 2002, red. <laughs> if anybody wants, if anybody hasn't
1: seen this. You got to watch it, of course, but definitely just look up the trickster from Brain Scan, so you know what we're talking about when we describe this the gentleman.
0: So he comes out to "Welcome to This World" by Primus, which is fucking again the soundtrack selections is amazing.
1: Yeah, when I was watching, like, and he was uh, there's the funny scene where they're like the introduce, you know, he's talking to him and talking to Eddie, and he's going through his CDs, calling everything junk, and then he's like throws out his own CD, and i just didn't expect it to be primus <laughs> which i love i love primus but it was just hilarious and he's doing this crazy dance like um what what is the i'm sorry what is the actor's name who plays trickster
0: uh t rider smith
1: yeah so he like he does a, and i don't know i don't know much about him i'm sure you'll you'll talk more about him and maybe i even know other stuff he's been in but he does a the way he kind of moves in and out of um temperaments and like how he's funny one second but mean the next and like the dancing he's doing in this scene is yeah it's fucking it's, it's like
0: it's, it's so a great oddball. introduction it's so oddball and like just fitting for him like funny entertaining creepy weird like he, you know what vibes i got kind of got to which i mean he
1: felt like he could have been a character in um little monsters doesn't he kind of, i don't know maybe no i can, no, I movie, can definitely but, feel that just like his vibe and like kind of his look too. Like, oh, I felt definitely.
0: Like he could have been hanging out with Mandel, but uh, but yeah. So he was like, they wanted Trickster to be like a Freddy Krueger, which I feel like had this movie had maybe a little bit bigger of a budget, was probably promoted better. And there's right. been criticism of like Eddie's like acting in this. I thought Eddie was fucking great. I don't know what that's about. I don't know. This is my thing about
1: Eddie Furlong, and this and it's not a bad thing. But what I'm saying is, some people are themselves, and there's and I think that speaks volumes. When you can get when you can get a bunch of movies, like there's a lot of actors who do the same thing. Like I mean, I think we we could name hundreds of actors who kind of just are they are what they are. Eddie Furlong is that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But, like, he's – you know, I don't know. He's not going to play – he's not going to be like a Daniel Day-Lewis where he's playing Abraham Lincoln. You know what I mean? Like, he's – and that's what I kind of love about him. Like, so, I I don't think he's, like – I don't understand why anybody would say he's bad. Like, he's ever – for long, he has a range. And in my opinion, like, everything that I've pretty much seen him in – He's great. Like he's he does his thing, and, and I think he's, the same thing in this one. Like he is Eddie Furlong, and that's what he is. You know, he's
0: almost similar to Billy Bob Thornton. Like Billy Bob Thornton pretty much plays Billy Bob Thornton in every movie he's in, minus Sling Blade.
1: Yes, but, I mean, except for right. Sling Blade, of course. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, but yeah, you're right. And I think there's a lot like like later Vince Vaughn movies. Like I know Vince Vaughn early in his career was right, like right. acting, but the past fucking
0: thirty Vince Vaughn movies. He's I mean, just, we, Vince Vaughn is we'll,
1: out there being himself.
0: Will Ferrell, too, like, to an extent. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I mean... That's why when Will Ferrell does, like, anything that's semi-serious, like, people can't take it serious when you watch him, because it's fucking Will Ferrell. It was like like Sandler, too,
1: the same thing, like, Sandler did Punch Drunk Love, and people fucking shit all over Punch Drunk Love, because he, like, wasn't being goofy, but that's just my thoughts on, like, I love Eddie Furlong, but that, you know, he is who he is, and then I think at that time, like you said, like, coming off those movies, like, yeah, I don't think... I mean, I... You think you, good, you did a good job with the role. It's not like you did anything negative to affect no, it, affect the, the film in a bad way, so.
0: But do you think that The Trickster could have been, like, Freddy S.? Do you think they could have franchised this, or do you think it was it was too oddball, uh, too ahead of its time? I don't know. See, like, that's the thing about certain movies. Like, I guess, like, like
1: Nightmare on Elm Street could have been, a like, a failure as well, you know? I mean, essentially, it, it's not, and we love it. But I'm saying, like, I don't. Like, this movie, to me, was, like, a lot of fun. Like, yeah, like, there's some murder and, like... But, like, yeah, like, I, I think his character was, like, funny, but, like, creepy and, like... I, like, I think it could have been marketed, like, into, like... Who knows? Like, I mean, I don't know what it did, like... Like, if it was a total bust or whatever. But, uh, as I'm sure you, you would probably know more than me. But, yeah, I mean, I don't see why... He, he did seem like a character who could transcend... They could have done a sequel with a completely different, you know, like it's still about brain scan, but nothing to do with like anything about this particular story in particular. You know what
0: I mean? Like, so he really didn't do much before this and he pretty much did a lot, like a few movies, but mostly TV after this. And he's still acting to, to this day. Um, But this was really his first like star real starring role. Uh, He really hasn't done anything, anything crazy. But um, regardless, I think he's great in this, and he plays this trickster character fucking phenomenally. Um, so Eddie goes and buries the foot and has like a run-in with the German Shepherd, a little suspense building there, trying to fucking get this foot buried so it can, he can get rid of this fucking foot. And he gets the next disc. He doesn't want to play the disc. And then he realizes, you know, trickster pretty much convinces him that Kyle is an accessory after the fact. He plays right. the next disc um, and ends up killing Kyle, his best friend. Which right. he doesn't seem, he seems like he seems to be handling, uh, you know, killing his friend pretty well.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he kind of, when he comes to terms with what that he's done, he's done it. Yeah, he doesn't seem like overly torn up about it, I guess you should say.
0: And that's um, where, you know, we start getting Frank, Langanella's fucking character and his, his buddy, sidekick detective, like investigating. And I'm,
1: I'd like to add, like Franklin, uh, Franklin Langella or whatever you say is, I mean, he's a renowned actor, too. So I was, you know, I was surprised to see him in this. Well, I mean, I know it was obviously early on in his career, but it was cool to see him in this, I should say. as like the.
0: Yeah, he's a highly respected actor, like, and he's great in this, too. Yeah, yeah. He does a good job for sure. Um,
1: the thing I love about, and, and I know we'll touch on, like, when, when Edward Furlong's character um, jumps into the game, I love how in some of these uh, internet or whatever movies, they always show, like, the fit, like, almost like he's being sucked up into, like, the, the cables. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what year was, ha- like, hackers? Like, this reminds like, it's got, obviously, it's nothing, like, it's not hackers, but, like, same kind of vibe with, like, the, the internet and stuff, but, like. They did the same thing in Hackers where, like, when when they were doing stuff, they, like, showed the physical things that were happening inside the components of the computer. And they do the same thing with this, like, right? Like, don't they, like... Yep. There's, like, those scenes where it looks like you're rushing into the cable, into the computer. Oh, yeah. They do.
0: Dude, you have to watch Ghost of the Machine because Ghost of the Machine and this movie share a lot of similarities.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. But I always found that funny, too, in those, like, type of movies where they're just, like... It's like you're physically entering the computer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They love those. They love those. The early 90s was so fucking so fucking into that. But they show up, the investigators show up, and they're questioning Eddie, and they they pretty much don't pull punches. They could give a fuck about this kid's mental health and just be like, everyone says you're a fucking freak. You have no fucking (laughs) friends. You suck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they really don't give a fuck. They're just trying to get to the... They're trying to solve this fucking case, so...
0: Uh, so he gets pulled downstairs, uh, while talking to the trickster to talk with the investigators, and then comes back up to maybe the best scene in the movie where trickster is, uh, is literally eating everything on one plate and squirting mustard on it, on like bananas and like pickles and like, <laughs> and just eating shit. And we have another great soundtrack selection with Tad. Um, and I love fucking Tad. Tad's an underrated band. Um, yeah, I mean, I think
1: I personally was gonna say, like, because you brought Tad up to us, like, obviously, because you were, you know, we you watched this movie again recently, or like, you know, not a couple months ago. And I think I, I, Tad was never on my radar ever. Like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty musically inclined, like, I know a lot of stuff, and I don't know if I ever had heard of them ever. So when I listen to them, like, this is pretty awesome stuff you know in the very much in the vein of like that era of like whatever you want to call their genre m- m- uh, metal i don't it was know, like, you know have, metal, have, the... heavier
0: heavier grunge shit they well, were a, they were a sub pop band and like
1: they yeah, were like one of those friends. like
0: they were like, like a third tier grunge band pretty much like a, yeah, the... yeah but I, I thought like what i listened to was really good but like i feel like Oh, I, I, there's probably a lot of people who
1: have never heard them so oh
0: yeah D- I, honestly if i hadn't heard this but seen this movie at a young age like and just having that song stuck in my head just from the movie and like not yeah. really being privy to tad like at all but it was probably like i don't know re-watching it probably when i was a teenager like maybe 15 16 years old right and then and then being like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. That, okay. This band's name's Tad. And I, I had, uh, I had fucking, I couldn't find, I didn't have a fucking computer in 2004. Um, but I remember when I would go to school, like I would listen to fucking, I would listen to that song grease box. Um, and then, you know, once the fucking internet, I got access to the a daily access, I should say to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, i had downloaded that inhaler album off from uh off from lime Warrior or something or whatever that's it was, awesome whatever it was at the time so that and then the infrared riding hood album i had listened to a bunch and and uh you know as i years went on i ended up getting the actual physical copies of those but yeah tad's a great band everyone should check them out like a lot of like great bands that maybe you know, Dandelion, another one like, and not one people are probably privy to. Um, and there's a couple other bands as well, and I have the Sound yeah, man, there's some, yeah, there's some, there's some notables
1: shit. like yeah. Butthole Surfers were big for but, a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah Butthole like, Surfers and fucking mud and mud and mud honey and fucking obviously like uh, Primus, Primus is super Primus.
1: Dope. Why zombie? One of their uh, Thunderkids sixty five, but the uh, one probably. of the right? yeah,
0: and then there's a band on there that
1: they're called Pitch Shifter and I just, the only reason why I remember these is cuz Chad Halsey had a pitch pitch shifter CD back in the day there and I think from what I recall they're like an industrial kind of band from what I remember I, I mean I could be way off on that for
0: some reason that band name Pitch Shifter falls in the same vein of like bands like Stabbing Westward and like all those fucking bands like I just I, remember- yeah.
1: <laughs> I like I actually like Stabbing Westward me too, I, I me too. they're they're sick actually, I went to one of the K Rockathons just specifically because they were playing.
0: I've never <laughs> been to a K Rockathon, but I would probably go for them. Or I went
1: for I went for them. They uh, Earth Crisis obviously also played a yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, which, which, which was great. I went to a couple of those things mostly because my older cousins would go and they and I would tag along. But anyway, yeah, Stabbing Westward.
0: So the yeah, the Trickster is in there. The Investigator comes back in and he gets ashes from the fucking fireplace to see what the hell Eddie was burning. Uh, and then there's a manhunt, a nighttime manhunt for the murderer now that there's been two murders, some uh, random guy with a fucking Pepe haircut and Kyle Hilliard. Uh, so now they're they're out on a manhunt and Eddie gets mixed up in the manhunt and ends up you know bricks end up fucking falling and killing the principal and then you know another townsman in in silver bullet fashion for this manhunt ends up getting gunned down the one investigator so there's a bunch of like shit going on now the other detective uh played by old Frankie boy as like more incentive to like bring michael Brower to justice cuz he already has an inkling that that's who's involved uh so there's obviously like a, a, you know, it's coming. The climax is, it's well, is well on its way. And, uh, and then he finds out that Kimberly is the next disc.
1: Kimberly is one true.
0: So she, you know, she ends up uh, as the next disc and we get, uh, are we glossing over anything else? I think that's pretty much it. Like she come, like they wrote like a thing, an article about Kyle in the like the school paper or something, and then it got yeah. given to him by the investigator. So he's pissed at Kimberly. Um, but yeah, so she's the next disc. So he records it and says, you know, if this is if this is a murder, like consider this my confession. If this happens, uh, and records himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're yeah, I mean, we're not really skipping over things like um, obviously, like the trickster throughout. I just like to reiterate, like tricks the trickster throughout this the film is also like coaxing him to like
0: yeah, you
1: know, murder, like basically like wanting him to do all this evil shit, of course, as well. So so he's like kind of battling with him and his own like fucking like this isn't right, like what the fuck? But the trickster's like, no, man, you got to kill her. Yeah, <laughs>
0: she's a witness.
1: <laughs> got to kill her and he's like i love her well so
0: uh so eddie ends up you know going into her house and uh i had texted you about this uh because i had i had not really heard about this but once i bought the scream factory blu-ray like three five years ago at this point or so Uh uh it was on the special features where they showed the deleted like scenes uh you know some of the deleted takes from what they were going to have when trickster and and michael like morph into each other in kimberly's room so pretty much michael goes in there and doesn't want to do it and then trickster shows up and pretty much like morphs with him and they like eats his fucking head and one of those you know Like, Bill and Ted, like, fucking getting sucked up into the fucking... And
1: that was probably, like, that scene, like, the sequence of the two of them, like, going at it. Like, you were talking about with, like, the... I can't remember the exact term you used, but, like, the special effects was, was, I thought, kind of awesome. Like, where they were, like, static at the same time, and their heads were, like, morphing into each other. And then he kind of absorbs... He absorbs him. And and I think, like, what you were talking about, how they wanted it to be, like, a Freddy Krueger type thing i think you 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 almost can kind of see that in these scenes a little bit like with like obviously freddie was super witty and like hilarious and smart but like evil as fuck and i think like you do see the same thing with this guy like with the trickster he's like he's funny and he's like he's your friend but he's also evil he's getting you to try to do shit and i think these scenes um we're a little, you know, that seems specifically a little bit Nightmare on Elmish or Nightmare on Elm Street ish. I think you would agree, possibly.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this, as Steve Johnson doing the practical effects and his team, um, Steve Johnson's done Night of the Demons, Night of the Demons Two, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four. He did like the 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 Freddy chest. Um, you know, he's done, he's done, he's done so much. He did Pet Cemetery Two. You know around this era, so working with Eddie and, and the rest of that cast. So uh, he's pretty prolific in his own right. Steve Johnson is is one of one of the one of the best makeup effects artists of the, that era of the late 80s or early, early 90s for sure. Um, but yeah, I sent you pictures of what the morphed abomination of Trickster and Michael was supposed to be. And it looked pretty fucking sick and, and I'll post it when we post this episode i'll post those pictures but it does it did that not look fucking like wild and sick and they said that they didn't put it in because tonally they feel like it it didn't match up with the rest of the film but i feel like that would have made it even like cooler to have something so tonal a tonal shift of like the crazy practical fucking morphed abomination the yeah type effect
1: i the the effect was awesome and it, it was super it was crazy and cool and i would like, a part of me understands a little bit what they were saying, but then a part right. of me was, like, what you're saying is, like, I, I it would have been cool because it kind of would have showed, like, an even, like, more sinister vibe to the trickster as well because I feel like you you got it, but you kind of didn't. I feel like that would have pushed it a bit more. But it definitely, like, just from looking at the picture, obviously, that you sent, like, almost, like, thing vibes. Like, it was yeah. super rad. For
0: sure. For sure, definitely. Steve Johnson definitely channeling some and his crew. Uh, definitely channeling some Rob Bottin shit, but um, yeah, that fucking fucking horribly awesome fucking 90s CGI fucking we get yeah. um, and everything even for, for what those were. It looked good. Um, and then we, you know, Michael obviously trickster is like in Michael because Michael has like the green eyes and then has like some kind of like veins on his face to kind of reminiscent of like that he's been overtaken by the trickster. Right, uh, and he's going to murder Kimberly, uh, you know, and then ends up, you know, not, and the the detective comes in, and it's a fucking uh, a lifetime brouhaha, uh, and he wakes up, and it's all a dream, and he's Sweet. back at the party. Where I think it we we got to a rewrite
1: that that Kimberly as Kimberly, right? Is is confessing to him that she loves him to get yeah her,
0: yeah 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 to
1: get to get him not to kill her. Yeah. She's saying that she's loves him and she's been, she's been watching back in the window the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yes, yeah, so that, I mean, yeah, that's the impetus of him not killing her. So in a sense, he didn't really finish disc four. He didn't really finish that, that disc, you know, that kill, but he wakes up and it was all, it was all part of the game.
1: Right. And back in- up
0: cold sweat the, yep sweating like a motherfucker uh got the red and gray flannel on got his mud honey hair uh and he's back you know the party at kimberly's is still going on so he rushes over there and into maybe the most perplexing moment of the film he goes over there he confesses to kimberly and or he didn't really confess her he asked her out and she said no, and then she's like, "Well, maybe." And he's stoked on maybe, but why would she play coy with him? Yeah, that I guess that scene kind of
1: was super confusing to me. Like, um,
0: but he asked I, about he asked about like the other guy, so maybe she's freshly out of a relationship. But they didn't really. Yeah, on and, and I know.
1: think that's the vibe they were given. I almost saw you. I I think that. After he wakes back up from finding out that it was just the game, and I maybe this is just me personally. I love obviously, I like the film, but I think maybe they could have done those last couple scenes a little bit differently. I, that whole scene with like him confessing is maybe just like the die. I don't know, it was just a little bit confusing to me, but
0: I could see that being the first, the last scene that they filmed because it felt a little rushed. Yeah, it was just something like almost like I. I mean,
1: even if they just opened that when he finds out it was just a dream, and then they just fuck killed it right there, I'd have been fine with that, too. Yeah. But then you see him; he goes back to he goes over to her house when she's having that banger, and Kyle's alive. He's hitting on some girl who looks
0: he's hitting fucking Denise Fleming up at the party. Yeah,
1: he's hitting up Denise Fleming, fucking telling her she looks hot or whatever, and then he he goes up and he confesses his love. He went, well, he asks if he, she wants to go out. So, yeah, maybe. And then he's like so jacked up that she said maybe. So, oh, yeah. so not no, but maybe. Yeah. But so. then
0: and then we uh, he then finds the pictures of her take of her taking that she's taken of him, too. Yeah. But then he probably knows. Oh, she's just she's playing coy. She really. Yeah. Yeah. He wants that mud honey D. <laughs>
1: She's back to playing the game. For sure. She
0: wants that sub popper. <laughs> uh, but, and then we get, uh, we get the credits with Tad grease box again. And then it like stops and it cuts back to the very first scene that we saw with the dog with the foot in his mouth, which was the first scene in the movie. And then it's the last scene in the movie. So is it like, is it like the same things happening again? Because, obviously we didn't even touch on this the last the 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 last scene is him going to the principal's office and giving him brain scan and saying like i want you to check this out and we get the trickster smiling and laughing in the principal's at the desk
1: him. yeah at the desk i don't
0: that that was confusing
1: to me too almost like is it it was it just the beginning was like a flashback type thing or or like a
0: I, that's what or I thought. Like back it, it had, like a, I thought it had started all over again where now the principal had killed the guy with the fucking tattooed foot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the vibe I got, but,
0: but that, I thought yeah.
1: that, scene, that's, that scene was funny too, where the, you know, the trickster is like, yeah, like fucking, we're going to pin it on this fucking shitty principal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And, uh, credits, you get tad Greasebox, And, uh, after that we get, uh, a song called shapes by this band called alcohol, funny car, which um, I'd listened to back in the day because I think if I'm not mistaken, like I knew this song, but I didn't know it. Like if you said, I would just say, Hey, yeah, that there's this one song. It's cool. At the end of brain scan. That's all I would know. Like I wouldn't have remembered that the band was called alcohol, funny car or anything like that. But I, I'm pretty sure Rick and I like found this discovered this band somewhere in the fucking somewhere and like i remember listening to alcohol funny car a little bit in high school just some of the tracks and they only put out two records and they put out a song in 2020 they reformed and put out a song in 2020 and the song's cool um but the two records that they put out um are fucking sick uh and yeah again back it's to the great soundtrack. it's
1: a great name it's nothing
0: yeah a fucking amazing name uh amazing amazing soundtrack you know like you said we get the fucking thunder kiss 65 we get fucking uh primus butthole surfers tad uh just so much cool shit dandelion like all this cool shit that isn't like super mainstream most of it um and yeah sick soundtrack i own the soundtrack i own this on vhs and i own the fucking blu-ray i fucking love this movie
1: yeah i think uh, i'm gonna I think definitely definitely want to pick up a physical copy of it watch it again and and also i just want to point out if anybody does want to watch this they haven't seen it really easy way to watch it which i found is there's the, the full movies on youtube at the moment so Fuck yeah for, for free
0: so if you want to test it out before you before you make a purchase i'm pretty sure it's on sale on on screen factory on screen factory site right now there you go i think it might be like 16.99 or something like that definitely if you're a fan of
1: of the 90s and that and this kind of like kind of you know the genre of like horror like little like i said sci-fi i guess you would too if you're a fan of furlong you've never seen it definitely like a movie i feel like you should see so
0: yeah definitely um
1: cool fucking flick though right yeah i mean i was really pumped on it like i i watched it in two sessions just because that's how life is sometimes but i thought it was really fun and cool and i thought like maybe the trickster like his name could have been different maybe that would have helped him too if he was called something besides the trickster but that character i felt like was like he kind of I, he kind of stole the show because the movies, like obviously he's like an integral part of it like furlong obviously is the main character but like um i just thought it was fun it was a fun movie and and if you're uh in the vein of it like if you're in the age that we are like you know, coming from that time frame, and when this movie came out, it was nine, I think, right? It came out in '94, correct?
0: Yep, yep,
1: yeah. So, so I mean, definitely, definitely a must watch, I think,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, super fun movie. Um, uh, pumped to have you watch it now and like be a fan of it now. And, uh, you know, as I've been a fan of it since I was a, a wee, fuck, um, yeah, it's definitely definitely cool uh hopefully the fandom for this movie grows because i think it's uh i think it's a dev- it's a fun-ass watch
1: yeah i can see like i said i can see uh people rediscovering it people who are into gaming horror stuff like that like it's definitely right at, you know it be right up there alley so it's a perfect mix yeah
0: for sure so a little uh, little, little tron slasher tron mixed with some slasher for sure uh but yeah check us out on spotify apple google wherever the podcast is links the instagram bio as well as the twitter bio at heart media on both of those uh yeah let us know what's up uh and if you like brain scan comment on the motherfucking post and yeah we'll we'll catch you next time uh but this has been brain scan so uh yeah